ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to the 11th episode of Digital Fix. I'm your host, Matt Barber, coming to you live from the glorious studios of Local 209 here in Crown Point, Indiana. On today's episode, <laughs> if you watch The Green Room, you know what you're in for. This is uh, a very intense episode with YouTube and Instagram superstar Anna Russett. Um, thank you so much to Shannon for uh, helping schedule this out. We had a super in-depth conversation that really struck at the core of social media. If you thought my conversation with Alan was intense, this is pretty much next level. We covered everything from her growth and the change in the algorithms over the last 10 years or so um, through the political landscape and how just one person is affected by this through influencer relations. There is so much going on. I know this is a long open, but uh, I, I, if you listen to one episode of Digital Fix, I encourage you to listen to this one. So that episode with Anna Russett uh, starts right now. Have you done a lot of podcasts? I know Actually, you do a ton of YouTube. You know what? I think this is my first podcast. I think it's my first podcast. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe first and last, though. <laughs> no, no. You'll want to do a lot I more I would love this. to have one again. I just I need to figure out what to talk about. <laughs> Too many things, and I would need to like focus, but... Yeah, no, this is like my first one, so I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. How's uh tell tell us about your journey? How did we get to this point? Ooh. Let's start with the uh, I was born in a log cabin. Yeah, I was okay. Well, Fort Wayne, Indiana is where I'm from. Close enough um, to a log cabin. Yeah, like <laughs> middle of nowhere. You know, second biggest city in Indiana, though. Okay, oh, okay. Fancy. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. So I've grown up there. Um, I don't know how in depth you want me to go, but I guess like I've always been creative um my whole way um i eventually went to school at ball state university for nice. two years in Muncie. um i studied fine art photography there and i quickly realized that like i would need to be at least like i really wanted to be in a larger city because i knew um i would want to put down roots and connections start making connections basically sure um and i knew that i was gonna leave Muncie. you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how I could stay there. So I transferred to Chicago and I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago um, wow. and I graduated there in 2014. Best decision of my life. Absolutely love the school. Um, and I we don't really have majors there and we don't have grades. So Ooh. yeah, really strange, different thing, but I loved it. Um, so I took a lot of photography classes and then I actually transitioned into more like new media art classes where I was coding using a lot of like what I know with social media um, and really just getting into it more from a critical art perspective. Um, and, you know, in the behind the scenes the whole time I'm building my social media presence. Um, I've always been somebody who's really obsessed with like trying new things and like, or not new things, but like trying like anything digital. Like I'm an early adopter typically and I love community and just niche weirdness and falling down rabbit holes online. So. Um, I was, I've always been doing that. So I joined like YouTube immediately and just started experimenting with the space. Um, and it, you know, back like when I first started and when I started taking it more seriously, it was much easier to be discovered. Sure. Like the front page of YouTube, if you look at it now, it's like Jimmy Kimmel and ESPN and like publishers who pay to be there. For sure. Um, but back when I started, like around like 2008, I think, um, it was all creators. So you could easily be found, like you could find each other and comment on each other's stuff. So that's kind of how I took off. Um, and I would just make these like, just honestly like silly videos of myself, like kind of singing along to something or like driving around Fort Wayne um, and just being myself um, and that somehow worked. So <laughs> spiraled and kept going. And then I joined Instagram. All of those people came over to Instagram with me. Um, and again, 
algorithm and everything was very different. So for sure, I don't know if you guys remember the popular page at all. Yes. So I, I had high engagement because I had followers who came over from YouTube, and those all my photos then would go to the popular page be exposed to an international audience and I would gain thousands every time wow. I posted. So that's how that grew. Um, and I would post a lot about myself, my own life, my journey through like art school and um, started taking YouTube more seriously then around that time, probably like 2010, 2012, uh, through that time period. <clears throat> and um, yeah, just kept going and started to, yeah, like I said, like take a more critical lens to it, more like experimental kind of, I'd say like, lens to YouTube where I would do like satirical makeup tutorials or um, haul videos if you know what a haul video is um, and I would kind of just play with the space um, and then from there I was in Chicago and I needed a job I did a lot of weird jobs like well first of all I worked five years at Starbucks and Target in Fort Wayne Indiana <laughs> such a good job I actually think I still technically work there because I still get like tax forms and stuff from them which is so weird so you just, just working long, like yeah longest like 15 minutes a year yeah, just yeah like I said paying someone to clock in for you and clock basically, out yes yeah, weird but um after that like again when I was in SCIC in um Chicago I like my one of my first jobs was at um an incubator called 1871 which is where no, very of, well. yeah, entrepreneurs go there and like create their startups. You can get desk space or even have like an office space there. And I worked with strange entrepreneur guy who um, had me like basically like manage a bunch of interns and also like interview a ton of artists for another blog that he had and try to grow a social media platform that he had. And then his money ran out and then I didn't have a job anymore. So I did that for like a summer. And I've always just been jumping around because I don't really know where my skill set lies. Like, it's just it's always weird. Um, so then from there, I needed a summer job. I was a junior in college. And I was friends with um, co-founders of the app Popular Pays. Mm -hmm. um, it was a startup in Chicago. Um, and it was a social, it's a social currency app that's kind of transformed a lot, but very successful. They actually went to Y Combinator um, and had, you know, very successful. So they wow. continued to grow. So I became friends with them right when I moved to Chicago. And um, I was like asking them if they knew of any jobs for the summer. And I was kind of trying to get hired by them, to be honest. But yeah. I don't think they took the hint. Or maybe they didn't <laughs> want to hire me. But they told me about an internship within their app um, where you had to have 70,000 followers or more to get the internship. Wow. Um, and I didn't know what the company was doing at Havas. I was like, I don't know what they are, but this is cool. And they obviously value people with my perspective and my um, expertise and what I know. I have a lot to, I don't know, but I, this is what I do know. So um, I got the job and I showed up not knowing what to expect and I've been there ever since. Um, and I've had a really kind of winding and weird uh, career tra trajectory within Havas where I started as like an intern, got hired as a content creator, um, promoted to a social analyst, strategist, senior strategist, and now creative director. Um, so it's been weird and winding, and yeah, five years have gone by, and <laughs> yeah, it's been, I've had a lot of great opportunities. And then throughout that whole time, maintaining my social media practice, um, my boss, when he hired me, said it was mandatory that I maintain that, because if I'm not, um, keeping up with that then I'm not going to be sharp at my job because I'm supposed to be conveying to clients like here's how you do social media look I do it myself and here's like what my followers are saying so like you should listen to me sure because a lot of people you know just read like social media trend reports and think they know what they're talking about and that is one way to stay up to date but another way is to actively practice it just to do it sure right so 
I did that and I've always represented that for the company and therefore had like direct access to all the CMOs and CEOs within the businesses. Um, and yeah, so it's been kind of wild and crazy um, and maintaining all that in the meantime, um, doing my own freelance work, working with my own clients throughout all of that. Um, and yeah, I think that's <laughs> that <now> I'm here. <laughs> and then today, yes. uh, there is so much I want to unpack out of that journey. And uh, the first thing that kind of like steps out to me like immediately is that it seems that like you are just ridiculously brave when it comes to a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, part of that is jumping from uh, Muncie, Indiana, being like, I'm going to go to school in Chicago. And Chicago is one of the most intimidating cities, I think, on the planet. Yeah, like, definitely. When you go to, like, uh, we're talking about Austin. Like, yeah. everyone's like, your best friend when you go to Austin, you go to Nashville. Like, mm -hmm. you go to Chicago, it's intimidating. And yes. people are not always the nicest. Like, it's a, it's very much like a bubble city, it feels yeah. like to me. So, like, that's the first step in being brave. Uh, the second is you seem to be, like, on the for, you're a very early adopter when it comes to technology. Mm -hmm. um, with YouTube in particular, yeah. um, Instagram, 1871. Yeah. So my background, a little bit to, to kind of help like relate is, I managed, ran and managed one of the first co-working spaces in Chicago. Oh, and cool. so it was before 1871 Which even opened up. So it was called The Coop, and okay. it became Next Sounds Space familiar. after that. Yeah, so Next okay. Space River North appeared after awesome. that. Um, so I managed, Next Space bought The Coop. Um, okay. I was part of that transition, and it was uh, it was awesome. And I worked there for like four four years. Cool, Four awesome. years, and left Chicago, I was in River North. Yeah. Um, just in the most beautiful spot imaginable. So, yeah. uh, Definitely excited to talk about like the early adoption of For that sure. and and then through through now. So um, the the first question I got to ask is like YouTube. We'll start unpacking YouTube first yeah. um, because YouTube right now uh, subscriber numbers because everyone listening is gonna gonna ask the fo the follower numbers. Uh, yeah. YouTube. I checked this morning. You're at like almost almost a hundred k followers. I was a hundred k. I've gotten my YouTube award and then it went down. So it's gotcha. like I wonder if I hit a hundred k again, I'll get another award. It was all the people that were like, <laughs> I knew her before she was big and like yeah. just peaced out unsubscribed. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna be a part like, of this. She's, yeah, she'll still be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so just just at hundred k, I think it's like ninety seven. So you're like yep. right there again. Yep. Um, and IG, you're closing in on 200K. Again, was that 200K? Actually, the most I've ever been was 230,000. And then it wow. slowly has dwindled over the years because of a bunch of reasons. But yeah, we can get into that too. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like yeah, almost at 200K you, you've again. lost more followers on both platforms than I feel like I will ever have yeah, to begin it's with. A big fluctuation. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with the algorithm. So oh, I yeah. myself am a complete algorithm nerd. Uh, yes. I did notice one video I've not watched yet where you unpack the YouTube algorithm. Yes, I definitely uh, want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing with the, the Twitter algorithm. But definitely let's let's start with YouTube. And so YouTube, the the I guess it's it's path from the early two thousand like mid two thousands to now is yeah. has been ridiculous. Oh my god, yes. And you've been at the forefront. You've been taking the brunt of that. And what have what have you noticed specifically about your community that's changed since you said it was two thousand eight when you hopped on yeah. through now? So it's ten years you've been a part of that. It's crazy. First, uh, why YouTube? Were you always like a, a person someone attracted to the camera or did you have to teach yourself? And then like mm -hmm. what's what's changed in the last ten years? Yeah, I mean I've I've always been like in front of the camera. I've went, so ever since I was little, I had a huge film camera that I would do skits in front of. And I was had like the big VHS yes, tapes. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like play them on my TV back for my family. And it was so much, I would write scripts and all these things. So I've always been attracted to it. Um, and my parents have always taught me to how to use like Photoshop and how to use like, like uh, iMovie and all these things like right away when I was younger. And we always had a, a Max in the house. Um, so 
that was always a part of my life but i have always loved youtube because of the community like there's something so different about this social space than any other it i think it requires like you know the, the longer form content um and more personality usually involved at least with like vlogging um and i love to see the mundane of people's lives i i love the like just to see their like bedrooms and like the details of like what they clean up and what they didn't and like how they light and it's just so different from hollywood and i've always loved that i love the diy i love that we can f turn the camera on yourself and you can decide what you're saying and nobody's going to change that you you mediate yourself so i love that i wanted to do that with my own like what i wanted to say my own stories my own life um so i would do that and honestly it's always i think just been a way for me to socialize too like i feel like i've had always kind of a hard time fitting in sometimes like i i'm outgoing and i get along with most people but my interests, I feel like, are sometimes hard in Fort Wayne, Indiana to relate to other people. Sure. Um, and so it was always cool to be able to go to the YouTube then and put it out there and see what comes back. And that's still something that draws me to the space. Um, I love the comment section. Like, that's been from the get-go something I really love about my community. Like, the people who have started to follow me is hearing what resonated with them, um, seeing, like, what they want to hear more about. Um, that is what propels me to continue to make. And I love that the comment section is kind of an evergreen space that people, I'm, I make videos, like I have, I have videos from like 2012 that I'm still getting comments on and I still see how it affects like my younger audience's lives. And that's awesome to me. It's like, that was always kind of a point of tension in art school where people would put their work in like a museum and there's like no room to like hear from what people were thinking about it. Or like it's so, like the audience is so like constricted to like a certain like 1% of, like a type of person and so I love by putting my work online it's always there for people and it can always kind of be this feedback loop for me to understand and better sure. like create my work um, so that's something I think that's always attracted me to YouTube a little bit more differently and I think that that's why I still see it as a successful space for people and creators it's definitely harder these days but um, I think generally like it allows for a much more interesting uh, I guess it's just a more interesting place for content sure yeah uh, have you noticed anything I I guess a better way to ask this question is mm -hmm. I've seen when, I, when I've talked to a lot of influencers, they say like on YouTube, like it always started out positive and yeah. like over the last like few years, mm -hmm. but the last five years, a lot of the communities have started to become very, very toxic. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, there's so much happening right now with like the Shane Dawson stuff and like yeah. Jake Paul and like all of like Logan Paul and I've been following all of that stuff, but it's, I mean, I don't know if it's gotten more toxic or it's, I mean, the algorithm has made it harder. Like the algorithm rewards a certain type of content and a certain type of personality. Sure. Um, and so therefore you're going to get something that's maybe a little bit more like fast food version of content versus like a longer form, slower, more thought through um, piece of content. So it rewards people like Logan Paul to create like things that are more shocking and more like just the crazier thing. And like it, I don't know, it, it worries me about where things are going to go. Um, so I guess like back before that, you could kind of just put out anything and be found and be able to talk about whatever. So right. there was still toxic shit back then. Like there are still like creators that uh, somehow, you know, were able to become popular back then off of what they were doing, but it was definitely more pure and there wasn't as much money involved either. Money can always make things look more difficult too. For so, sure. Yeah. Let's see that change. <laughs> the algorithm just, I mean, it can, it's crazy what it were, even like the, the kids content, like YouTube, like the, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with like all of the stuff that went down with YouTube kids and like mm -hmm. all of those videos, but oh, yeah. again, like videos created for an algorithm, um, 
to take advantage of kids and all that stuff. So that's worrisome. And YouTube has a lot of responsibility, but it's all. I, but I also understand that it's a huge space and it's really hard to monitor that and to make it a space that's good for everybody. So. Sure. Uh, have you noticed, so I noticed like a lot of your content falls into like three categories. I know you, there's technically like a million categories that come off of that, but three. And so it's kind of like the, uh, the, the makeup tutorials or like makeup mm -hmm. related stuff, uh, tech stuff, like mm -hmm. the YouTube algorithm stuff, and then much more personal stuff, yeah. which we'll get mm -hmm. into also. If you notice any one does a lot better knowing that the algorithm rewards stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, makeup tutorials, cause that's what people are searching oftentimes. For sure. I don't really like to do that stuff. And I love makeup, but I don't want to be known as that. I just like, I feel like I have so many more interests beyond that. Um, so sometimes I'll do like a Trojan horse type of thing where I'll do my makeup, but talk about something else I care about to get people like in <laughs> and yeah, yeah, like it's kind of sad, but like, ugh, it's weird. Like I've done that with where I do like my, what I've called like satirical, like makeup tutorials or hauls where I'll talk about like dress codes, but I'll do it in the form of a dress, uh, 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 like a haul video where I'll go shopping for dress code clothes for a school and then talk about how the dress codes are inherently sexist throughout the whole thing. And like, that's kind of a way for people to fall in by searching for like back to school haul. And then they get this whole other message and they can engage. Um, I think like some of my more personal content is a bit harder. It's like, it's more for like people who are kind of been following me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not really like easily searchable. So that's a little bit more difficult. Um, and then what was the other form? What, what else do I mean? uh, what did you say? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that actually, th that sometimes does spike based on what people are. It's all kind of searching to be sure. honest. I think it's based on like the news too. Like I can imagine uh, when people like start complaining a lot about the algorithms, like oh, that yeah. stuff tends to appear or when there's a huge algorithm change, like oh, the yeah. Facebook apocalypse on uh, January 11th. Like yeah. I imagine I had, to, about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. had to spike something. <laughs> I, and it also actually depends what other bigger creators make work about. Like I made a video that had to do, I forget the top, something I made a topic about, I think it was the dress code one actually. Um, so it just so happened that like Lacey Green, who's another big popular YouTuber, she created a video about dress codes too. And then because of the association and two verified accounts, um, my videos would show up on the suggested bar. And that just, hap just happened. Like, yeah. But that's also a strategy that YouTubers actually employ because they've noticed like, okay, this big YouTuber made this topic, so I'm gonna make it and I'll show up next. For sure. Um, actually, I happened to another one of my videos I did about um, buying things off of Facebook that like whatever Facebook ads recommended to me. Um, another huge YouTuber, Sophia, I forget how to pronounce her name. She came from Buzzfeed, but she created one too. And I got a lot of like coming views coming in from hers. And you can actually see that in the analytics. But um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of all over the place based on like what's trending, what's new. Like um, my more personal videos don't perform as well, but I sometimes just don't care anymore because I just want to be able to create what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like that a lot of your videos uh, are very, they're very positive in nature. Like you always have this like kind of like you, you never kind of uh, take like the easy appearance of like the world's going to end and this is why mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's something that I notice a lot. Like I, I love fitness and I pay attention to a lot of fitness people on YouTube and you'll have like one guy come on and be like, oh, this is a new product I'm releasing and uh, this is why I'm excited about it. And someone else is be like, if you're not taking this, you're going to die like that. And you're like, well, I want to know what it is. Like yeah. I, I fall for clickbait yes, so often. Like yep. I just can't help it. Um, 
so now we've got you've got so your youtube audience is set and you transition over to instagram um larger audience on instagram have you noticed it's a a, a similar audience between the two there are they sharing similar characteristics or is it totally different kind of i feel like my youtube audience is much more dedicated like okay. they're much more invested in me as a person um my my instagram it's like a, a hybrid of those people as well as the people who just like my face which is like the weird truth of it all like yeah. that's what has performed really well um but I, but I, I also do think it is my personality as well. Um, these days, I spend most of my time on Instagram stories, and I like to see what the engagement there is like and how differently that is than my, what I post on my feed. Um, so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of weird, and I've and that's also kind of where I've also fallen off with my followers. Like I used to literally post selfies back to back because that was my highest performing content. It's also with the algorithm does reward For as sure. well yep. um and so i would do that just because i wanted to keep growing and keep growing and, and just keep getting that engagement and then i realized that that's not really what i care about like selfies are awesome i think they're a really cool form of like content and like our just where we're at in the world but yeah. it's not necessarily like the only thing i do so i started just posting more about my own stuff that i care about and it's it's sad to see like what is prioritized and stuff and i try to remind myself that it also has to do with a lot of the algorithm and it's not just like me yeah. um it's just hard to parse that out sometimes but um definitely a weird kind of divide in what performs the best now i mean honestly <laughs> these days like i do feel like my like unfiltered unpolished more sincere stuff is actually performing best which is nice it's an i think we're that's a trend we're seeing mm -hmm. people are sick of that at least maybe the people who are attracted to me are like kind of sick of that sort of like polished lifestyle like cookie cutter content and i've always hated that but it's easy to fall into when you see that, that that's like successful exactly so i've noticed that like when i take more time on my captions to really honestly like talk about what i'm going through right now or like what i'm experiencing and like um just be a little bit more vulnerable it's it's honestly performing better so i more vulnerable content, 2019. Everybody, <laughs> take note. <laughs> there's there's two things I want to talk about off that, and the uh, the first is um, like the use the use of stories. So like when when I was like in, I always have to investigate people. So like my job is to stalk you for a couple of days oh, and kind of kind of find out that I put it all out there. Um, and so like YouTube, a lot of YouTube comment or YouTube stuff. Like I'm most likely never going to see it based on the algorithm. Like my algorithm is showing me like different kinds of steroids that are gonna make my body huge and uh, different kind of cars that I'll never be able to afford. Um, and so I'm never going to see it. The third category is always like stuff about the algorithms because I'm such yeah. an algorithm nerd on yeah. all the platforms. So, like I might catch that YouTube video of like unpacking the algorithm and watch it. But for the most part, I'm never going to see it. But Instagram comes off and, and will say like, you just follow this person. So like this story, you might find oh, their story right. relevant. And I find myself getting sucked into the story that you were posting. I think it was last night about like you went to a, house, a 95 year old man's house or whatever yes. and so i couldn't like help i was flipping through those so fast because i was so excited to yeah. see the story he had like what like 95 balloons in his house yes. his kids sent him or it was something amazing oh my god it was so pure and wholesome i was like <laughs> shook i also kind of felt bad taking photos because i'm like man i don't want everything in my life to be content you know yeah. like i don't want to be one of those people where my friends are afraid to be around me because they're like i'm gonna like make their life into content yeah because i have like people i have friends like that who are like aspiring like influencers i guess yeah and like who will like shoot everything and then like post it without telling you and it's just 
so weird, but um, we, do, we have a guy like that too, though. Keisha come around the office that you always see, like he wears his phone around his neck, and we love this guy so much. Like he, I wish he spent more time at our office because yeah. he's genuinely fun. But you're always like, just there's like a slight, the tiniest hint of uncomfortability because like he'll everything you do, like you just look around, there's always a camera yeah. on like a gorilla pod wrapped yeah. around something yeah, somewhere, you're and you're like, oh, I'm always on record. Yeah, and I feel I know that I've done that. I don't want to be that kind of person, but at the same time, I also want to share these like meaningful moments. So it's kind of weird to have to parse that through these days, but but yeah, like I I try to use my story from like on it. I tr I try not to get too like I don't know dogmatic about it, like or like like restrictive. I these days I feel so exhausted with all of the rules and like what works and what doesn't and everything, and I just want to be able to do what I want and see if that works. And sure, that's been working for me on so on stories at least. Um, I pretty I have pretty high engagement. I also know that it's like stories is being pushed, you know, by yeah. Instagram. Like that's what's, but I also think it kind of makes sense for where things are going and how ephemeral things are. And I think that I feel more comfortable with like being a lot more of a transformative person and like knowing that my life is going to change over the amount of time and I don't have to like be like one way forever online. So like stories works better for me in that way. And I, it allows me to have more of a dialogue with my followers and stuff too. So that's what attracts me more about the space right now. At, at the same time, like it's addicting and I hate looking back all the time to see who's looking. And like, I don't like that aspect of it. I also think that it can be a distraction from creating better long form content. For sure. Like I have goals there. I want to create a longer like video about like a media criticism of like Instagram museums or something like and I want to do like a long video about that but I find myself getting caught up with like I'll just talk about it really quickly on Instagram stories and then it feels like I already did something about it and I forget about it and so I don't like how I get distracted in the short term with this sort of like I don't know this thing it's also really weird to think that like a year ago we were all not posting every day like right now everyone posts every day every what they're doing day. and yeah. that's so scary that we all don't sit back and realize that no we don't question that <laughs> and don't question like how much control and power these places like these uh platforms have over our daily life and what we do yeah so it's kind of freaky <laughs> uh and i think a lot of things that push that now is for some reason there seems to be just in the last like year like a year and a half maybe like a massive rise in like quote unquote life coaches yeah. and i think a lot yeah. of it comes out of like gary vaynerchuk yeah. and uh casey neistat and guys like that 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 have massive followings and are telling you like you need to post like 100 times a day like you are going gary. to die oh. without the world knowing you if you do not just post document nine. document oh, don't create just document God, and yeah. uh it's so it's it's it is frustrating because you start seeing a lot of content come out and you you can almost like feel when someone like doesn't want to post something but they feel like they have Freaky. to yeah. um and so like the dialogue is forced the picture is forced and uh ironically out of like i was one of those people like i'm yeah. talking from experience I like I did too, too. Like, yeah like you, like you get you get wrapped up and i still every once in a while like listen to gary and be like maybe i'm not posting enough or maybe i'm not deploying enough empathy in. like um, maybe I'm not saying like binary and micro and macro enough like in my life. So uh, <laughs> um, one of the things that I think I find most fascinating about you and, and other careers are starting to, to come out is uh, about this is um, talking about like your your deepest most part of your soul on camera. And a lot of that has to do with like uh, anxiety and oh, like depression yeah, sure. and everything that comes through when you live a very, very digital life. And it's a very real thing. There's a, a girl in Chicago who's a Twitch streamer and uh -huh. she's uh, 
very very popular i don't know her her real name mm -hmm. um she's been very good at protecting okay. that but awesome. she goes by the name she snaps okay. and she snaps is very very big on like anxiety and depression talks about a lot like every not every day but like three times a week she'll just have a stream on people can come in and she'll just talk and awesome. be like look this is what i'm going through like this is hard when you're on camera a yes. lot of the people when you're on camera a lot, a lot of people say like, you get done, like you put on this facade because yeah. your people expect you to always be at running at 11 yeah. out of 10. You've always gotta be the maximum effort. And now that you've built that for yourself, now you have to maintain that yes, because you yeah. don't want your numbers to drop. Yep. And she's like, and so she's like, I'll get off camera and I'll be like, I feel like I just work like 30 hours in a row. Like I am exhausted. Like I'm just so sad. I just want to cry now because when you're operating at 11, you have your body has to balance itself yes. back out. Mm -hmm. um, and so do you want to do you want to kind of talk about that? Sure. And kind of like give like a short lesson on that? I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like the more and more we're learning, too, about how social media is like not only impacting people who do this as like a job, but everybody like i think we're learning how this is the most like depressed generation yet at least even younger than me um and it and i'm not surprised as to like how now we're starting to see a lot of influencers or youtubers kind of just having to grapple with their own mental health and having to kind of take a step back or they're getting burnt out um i think for me like it's been a big problem or like not a big problem but it's just been something like to have to re like remember your self-worth outside of social media sure. like it sounds so common sense that you shouldn't like gauge your own success based on just metrics like likes or engagement. But when you're getting paid off that and that's like what's visible to everybody, you get sucked in. It's like inevitable. Like I, I people say like, oh, well, you just have to make sure that it's not about the likes. Just don't look at the. It's like, yeah, I'm going to look at the likes like that's what I'm getting <laughs> paid for. Like that's exactly. what I show brands like. And that's why I'm kind of like stuck with it all. Like I've definitely been dealing with more anxiety and like depression these days. Like I. I've made a whole video about it and it's something I talk about more like I think it's important to be honest about that and for people to realize like what goes into all of this stuff and and I think it's a combination of like social media as well as just like this weird world we're living in and like career and like all of it but um, I think social media does play a huge role in, in somebody's like perception of their self. Um, and I worry about a younger generation, even like even knowing if I'm impacted like this, like I can't imagine growing up with it and like growing up with shaping your identity in these platforms that don't really care about you, like who just kind of want to be able to capitalize off you and your identity. Like that's terrifying. Um, and I don't know how I'm going to have to deal with that if I have like a future child, you know, but um, it's something at least I think that if, if we're all more aware of and more critical of and I hope that with future platforms and I don't know where like Instagram or Facebook or any of these places are going to go but I hope that this is something that's going to like sign I hope it's kind of like a warning and like I hope that we can start changing and creating better digital products and um, um, I just like better platforms because we live in these environments and sure. like we people always talk about sorry I feel like I'm rambling but I no feel no like please it, please do it's like I'm so locked in right now. So. <laughs> locked in and rolling. Um, it's like, I just, I feel like everyone says like the internet isn't real life, but it totally is. It's where we spend all of our time. Like now we have screen time telling us how many hours we spend on our phones every day. Um, and it's definitely real life. It's a digital environment that we live within and we need to create better norms and better like places to live. Like we right now we live in a place that we're like being like surveilled and like we're, we think it's all free, but really it's our data and we don't have access to that data. And we don't know, we don't really have much privacy. It's just like, 
it's a mess and it's no wonder we're all kind of feeling really anxious about it and like obsessively being connected to it all um i'm definitely much more interested in like slowness these days in um kind of questioning it all a little bit more um there was something else I was going to say, but I don't know. But yeah, I guess like I, <laughs> it's it's I think it's I think it's a definite problem that not only YouTubers have to deal with. I think it's like everybody is worrying about their own mental health with it all. I actually did like a whole story where I did um, where I asked my followers if they are worried about their own numbers, even people who don't have any like who don't have maybe a thousand. Right. And there was like a couple of girls who told me that they have like spreadsheets where they like track their followers every day and their likes and they try to do things and they experiment and like to me that shows that like i like it's not just a, it's it's everyone kind of following into this and and it just kind of makes me really freaked out <laughs> yeah i'm curious i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little a little political on this sure. um because i'm curious oh, about this love it, <laughs> love it. <laughs> um do you think that there's there's a lot of things coming together in like a hurricane right now and that there's going to be a bubble because I mm -hmm. see that like certain factors playing together and a lot of that is like the the me too movement or women's equality movement I'll mm -hmm. say like when yeah. I'm saying that like we need a role obviously in this world um versus that being mixed with like people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Casey Neistat, people like that saying like, if you want to be noticed in this world, mm -hmm. if you want to be something, you need to be posting, you need to live in a digital yeah. world. You need to, uh, Gary's a little bit better. I actually think, uh, I, I like one thing he said that technology doesn't, it doesn't change you, it exposes you. Mm -hmm. um, so like you have people like that, that voice in one ear, you have the, uh, the women's movement in another ear. You have everything that's going on with like uh, the president versus Bernie Sanders versus everything else yeah. in another ear. And it's just like a single girl at a high school in Montana or something trying to figure out her role in the world while all of these forces are swirling around yeah, her. It's oh my God, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I do think like one thing I want to say, like the Gary stuff, like yeah. I've never heard him, I, I never heard that quote, but I definitely think technology changes you. Yeah. There has been like studies where, or like where uh, people who used like ex ex uh, Facebook employees who come out and talk about how they wrote certain algorithms to 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 feel like a slot machine and that's like an addictive quality then that you are you're that I think is changing you I think I think it it also exposes you but I think at the same time like we are being shaped and changed by our um, environments in this right. way um, so I'm I'm heavily critical of Gary I I'm I think that's maybe like some of the things he says are interesting for brands but i don't know if it's a healthy thing for people to think about um i i worry yeah about definitely about like what a young girl might ex be experiencing right now with the swirl of what's happening um i i hope that what i hope is that this younger generation and even just like our generation every generation can learn to be a little bit more critical of the things that they are using or signing up for or, or subscribing to and being a part of um it's hard to not be a part of it all because again like yeah like it's like that's how you're seen and that's how you are viewed in this world and when you're not a part of a platform it can feel like you're disconnected from everyone like my boyfriend left facebook very like dramatically like he wanted to make a big scene out of it and he did a whole project around it um because he's very um not okay with a lot of their policies and a lot of the experiments that they do on the population that they have um and so but because he's not a part of it he often misses out on like a lot of like the events that are happening, like nobody sends emails anymore, like inviting you, nobody right. like texts that you just get a Facebook invite and therefore I have to basically tell him about everything that's going on. Um, so it's like you are kind of left out of a community. But um, 
yeah, I don't know. I like, I guess like what like what exactly are you asking about like the Me Too movement and like how that might affect? I don't I don't know if I'm actually asking anything okay. at all. Just like I saying like all of these statement. things are it's like just, blowing up. Exactly. It's it's my my kind of thought or kind of like my fear is like everyone. I know that we had different forces with ourselves growing up. I'm not going to be the person to be like, oh, kids have it so much easier mm -hmm. nowadays or so much harder yeah, nowadays. Yeah, like yeah. It's um, in different. my in my 30 years on earth, like I know that we all have like different forces shaping yeah, us and you can totally. choose to turn mostly turn those off uh it, it's more like fear i guess like a slight bit of fear for someone growing up not knowing how to manage all of those oh, because sure. now it's easier to reach those people yeah um and for me uh going back to what you said about like technology shaping us versus yeah. changing us i do think technology shapes us um in the sense that me i love facebook ads i love going seeing how much data there's like an evil villain part of me that loves seeing like looking I, yeah. at like followers and seeing like i know like how much income on average people make and i know roughly where they work and yeah. where they live and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then now i can target an ad specifically at them or whatever like it it feels kind of like good when you get those numbers back uh -huh. but at the same time i'm like i feel i feel i feel like an evil genius yeah. knowing this stuff and then I'll be like scrolling through the feed and being like, well, because I know this, I should be immune to it. But then I'm no, like, I spend not. three minutes like watching a YouTube video or, or watching like a, a Facebook video on like Dr. Squatch's man soap or whatever. <laughs> that's like got like gotcha. a, an awesome Sasquatch or whatever and whatever. And they're like this like this like pine tar oil or whatever is going to like make your skin better. And I was like, uh, tell like, me more. Yes, it will. Tell me more. And I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my wife like, can we afford 18 bucks a month yeah, to have this yeah. dude ship me it's like three bars box. of soap? <laughs> exactly. Like I have like the birch box mail. Like, Yes. stuff is stacking up yes. and like next to that now it's gonna be like dr squash and there's like the the automatic like underwear stuff yeah. or whatever and it's all because of facebook yes. ads i that's why i would love to see a social media platform that isn't based on advertising like i we there are so many different alternatives out there but For we sure. keep doing the advertising thing and that's yeah. like can we all like not do that anymore? Can we try <laughs> out some different forms of like maybe a decentralized social media platform where it's on each of our devices and we all own a piece of it or blockchain where we, meets Facebook? Yeah, honestly, like that is like blockchain as a technology is awesome. Like, right. but the way it's being used right now is like not as interesting. Um, Solar panels, exactly. Yeah, like there are cool uses, but it's just like man, we could think about the use of it for the internet and social media for sure. Um, and like, like, yeah, I just so that's where I get weird about like if advertising is the like the foundation for like these platforms and for the internet like that's why we've had all these problems and like taking advantage of people and the data and like being able to target now hi like hyper target um i mean like one thing i do is i have do not track on all of my devices and all yeah. of my traffic so i get weird ads that are for not <laughs> me like but i kind of like revel in it because it's like i don't and people don't know you can do that that you can say no but to an extent i mean who knows like what right if i'm really not being tracked and stuff like I know I am in some regard, but I'm going to take whatever steps I can to like prevent that, especially being within this industry. Like I know how detailed it can get. I know how scary, like how like targeted we can get to people. And no wonder where we are, where we are in the political spectrum then like with like this current presidency and like For sure. all the problems that Facebook is having and they don't even know how to solve it. Like, um, it's created this beast and I would really, I think we're all kind of hoping for an alternative at some point. I think it's feeling really exhausting and I think the bubble's gonna burst. Um, I can't wait for like the next thing. I Maybe I should make it, but I think that it's not gonna look like anything we're used to. I think for like sure. we all are like, what's the next social media platform? But I don't think it's gonna be like that at all. I think it'll be something completely different that we don't recognize. I think that's a, that's a very fascinating perspective and I think I agree too that I do think that we're, we're sitting in a very 2008-ish bubble um, where like it's 
it's going to pop and there's going to be a lot of fallout. And it seemed like that was going to be the case when like a lot of the Cambridge Analytica stuff started coming out. And you're like, everyone is abandoning Facebook like a sinking ship. It felt like then the, apo- the Facebook apocalypse happened and advertisers like me, we lost half the data yeah. that we could use. So even now we still have a lot, but we had a lot. Like it was scary how yeah, much data that we like, had. you're kind of like, am I allowed to have this? Like- <laughs> exactly. Like this is invasive. Like this isn't yeah, right. And yeah. then they took it away. And yeah. so now like, it seems like the, uh, the go-to move for Facebook is like, well, let's just like restrict content and change the algorithms and make it more about people so they feel safe and happy. And it's... It's not. not about people. What really happened is they restricted the business pages, which is fine, but then they made the ad side even more potent and powerful in terms of reach. Yeah. Like we pay, I'm, I'm get excited when I come in. I'm like, great, I paid a penny for like each 10 yeah. second view on this realtor's yeah. open house, which like is great for her. Like yeah. I, I love seeing my client's success <laughs> and then feeling, and then uh, there's like always this like juxtaposition of like, I feel like with, with as good as I am at this or as excited as I feel right. about this, like there's, there's always like an ethical dilemma that kind of For like sure. wraps into it. That's where I just hope that as a con- as like the better we are as consumers to be more critical and question and, and demand more from our advertisers or from these platforms, the the better advertising is going to have to be, or sure. like the better these platforms are going to have to be. So like that's why I like want everyone to leave Facebook so that we don't have to deal with that shit anymore. I don't know. We will maybe we have to deal with it in some other form, but like the like I love the threat that Facebook has right now because they should be taking that seriously and like hopefully adapting. And I don't know, it doesn't seem like they are. I don't have much, much like hope in that company. And I worry about Instagram because they own that. For sure. Um, and it's definitely turned into some sort of like monopoly situation um, that is not regulated by anyone. Um, so it's, it's, I definitely hope that eventually like we have a room for an alternative because people are wising up to it. For sure. I have, I don't know. I, yeah, it placed a lot of hope in public education and digital literacy. Um, I think we're just so far behind too. It sucks. Like in schools, like I feel like that should be taught, especially for programmers. Like programmers should be taught ethics. Like that should be a huge part of their education. But oftentimes they're just taught to code, and then they right. don't question or they don't realize the products that they're making, and and it, and and like guilt is displaced upon all these different people. Who are like, well, I it's not me because I did this, or like it's that person's job to worry about that, and um, no one ever then owns up to the problem or stands up for change. And then I think that those two, you're kind of uh, you're kind of almost given in in the schools like a a cotton candy version of like what things are going to be and they don't realize that like programming is really cool like yes. i taught myself how to code yeah. like i went through uh i i started like coding boot camp yeah. like i think these are so exciting mm-hmm. and they're, they're high pressure situations but a lot of like top level developers i mean it's ultimately super high pressure because yeah. now when an app or when a company is based solely on an app or whatever and you're you've got the keys to the app or whatever when that starts to fail a lot of the developers and oh or a lot God. of like the uh the investors are looking at you yes and they're like you you're the one that's gonna hang for this not me for bad Right. investments and, and making poor public things. Well, that's it's another you. problem, like the that there are investors involved. When you have right. investors involved, then you have to make sure that they're happy and you do whatever it takes to make sure that they're getting paid. Right. And then and they're like they will always be prioritized over the user. Like I I I was very sad when Snapchat uh, decided to go private. And mm-hmm. I because they were such a they're such an underdog. They're such a unique platform. Sure. I still think that they like have so much potential but they've just changed so much ever since they've had to satisfy their investors um, and try to play the game. And I... Well, on top of that, I think, too, uh, Facebook buying Instagram oh, gave the, gave Facebook yeah. energy so much power that when Snapchat started to gain power, oh, Instagram yeah. just smashed it. Right, yeah. It's 
it sucks. I, 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 again, I think it's crazy that we can also allow that to happen. It's definitely a monopoly that's completely unregulated that determines how people think and feel and buy. And how is that not regulated? I don't, because of power and money and all Right, that I think stuff. it's too but, new and no one knows how to control yeah, exactly. it. exactly. <laughs> it does feel like we're like living through this time period where we're gonna look back and be like, holy shit, that was crazy. <laughs> I hope we do at least. Right. Maybe like Facebook will run the world. I don't know. I don't wanna live in a world like that. <laughs> so hopefully not. <laughs> it's it's getting to that point. It's closing in on what, three billion? <sighs> Almost half the world's population. Yeah, that's another thing. They're going after other countries that don't even have like regular access to internet and if you ask like people within those countries like oh like do you have the internet they'll say yes but they mean facebook they and facebook who has the power to give them the internet will only give them access to facebook which yeah. is i think ethically wrong there's there's a lot of ethics that come into like third world countries having like the yeah. access to that and one of those is when you see like a new feature rolling out on facebook you realize that they tested that and abused that in like third world countries and you're like this kind of feels like nike uh and their child labor practices yeah. like this is facebook being like we have this awesome new feature available in like guatemala mm -hmm. and uh, certain parts of serbia oh yeah it gets really <laughs> like weird and like and and to think about too, then the people who have to monitor the platforms, like all of the people whose job it is to like look through all of the, like the horrific imagery that people are reporting, and right. like how that's usually also like other countries that have to deal with that. Like, oh my god, like the trauma involved in all of it. And I know, I mean, Facebook set out, or at least they recently said that they want to be, uh, I think, as big as the internet. They said something something around that. And right. When you take that on, you also take on the problems of the internet, and there's a lot of problems. And I don't know if they're equipped to do that. Right. So. Yeah, I think that we're, we'll gear up. I think it's, I love watching like the social media, the political landscape like this. And when you hear like Jeff Bezos every time he says something about like Amazon oh, and social media in the same sense, like the whole world just kind of collectively holds its breath for a second. <laughs> like, like <gasps> what happens if Amazon builds a social media network? I'm so fascinated with that like oh God, dystopian society of what happens if Amazon and all of their billions of dollars go up to bat with them. And then Google tried and Google got crushed with Google Plus. Like yeah, it's still yeah. a thing kind of. <laughs> no, they're they're um, actually phasing it out now. They they're, finally they're, Officially phasing yeah, it yeah, out. It's like done. Yeah. So sad. Because they had a huge uh, leak. They had a huge uh, like ha problem with hackers. And yeah. that's when they were like, oh, actually, you know, I feel like it went months went by and then somebody called them out on it. And then they were like, oh, okay, we're shuttering it. Like, well, they still, and they still have YouTube though, which is still yeah, like what, like, like the a, second largest search engine in the world or something? Exa yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they still have that. I so mean, everybody always wants it. more, but yeah. Yeah. This has been probably one of my favorite and most intense podcasts I have ever I know, recorded. I like, like it, it, I feel like I, you say I'm positive and I think I do try to be, but I also <laughs> am very, I don't think I'm negative, but I think I'm just very worried. You've and got like critical. Edgar Allan Poe, like in the back of your mind a little <laughs> yeah. bit. like Just like, oh no, what's going on? I just want to see a better world. And I think, I think you have to be, I think it all comes, all comes together. And that's what leads to a lot of anxiety and stuff is a lot of fears like this too. Totally. Like a lot of those weigh on me where like we manage a lot of the social media for a lot of other clients yeah. and so it's it's funny you said that like your your business like you have to maintain your social presence yeah. um, because you have to show your clients and I'm like for me at the end of the day like I'm I'm my own worst client yes. like I wasn't exactly. I was so aggressive uh -huh. with with in, specifically Instagram yeah. my growth of Instagram and like the rush to a thousand followers oh, yeah. to feel mm -hmm. validated and uh then once we picked up like 30 clients and we're running all 30 of those at the end of the day you're like i'm so exhausted like, from social I don't media want to like do it for anybody I, or like yourself anymore you're like i'm so busy with all these other people oh my yeah. god i want to rest exactly it's, it's not as fun anymore and i do agree with that like that's where i'm at right now where i'm questioning if i want to stay in this like because it's not really fun anymore for me like it yeah. is to an extent but it's mostly not and and i 
don't really want like I, I guess I want to challenge myself. I've always had like this social media presence kind of like throughout my growth and like where I'm at right now. And I'm actually curious what I would be like without it. Like what would I make or what would I do? And like who would I be? I, honestly, because it's very defining. Like, do I move to the woods now? Like I know. what do I do? Walden, I'm gonna like go off the grid. I've dreamt <laughs> about that. I'm just gonna like move to the Appalachians and yes. like. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, just go away from it all. But I yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I I feel like I'm perpetrating it a lot, and I don't know. I don't I personally don't feel like it's very meaningful anymore the way I'm or at least the way I'm feeling about it I don't like I it's it's like a great way for me to make money but I'm just like pushing products and like what am I doing you know like I sure it's where it's like gets a little like yeah existential there but like I I guess like I've tried to like these days try to work with clients that I believe are doing something good for the world um, that could be hard to get like to be selective like that um, but because I have a full-time job, I'm able to do that. Um, I know a lot of influencers don't and aren't like do that full-time. So they have to take a lot of other jobs that they don't necessarily like, you know, like, like skinny tea or something. Yeah. Like I don't like fault them completely. I understand the hustle, but at the same time, like I don't want to like support companies like that. And I don't want to continue that sort of like advertising to a young girl audience about like yeah. skinny tea. So I don't know. I don't know like where I'll end up in it all. It feels kind of foolish too to just delete it all. Like I'm very tempted to do that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just such a weird place for all. Do you think it. once you once you hit the delete button, it confirms you would just scream like, what have I done? And like, yeah. got to get it back. You're like I'm free. And I, was gonna, <laughs> I don't know. My blue check mark. It's gone. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I, yeah. It's like that's why I haven't yet because I know it's kind of foolish even though I, I'm very tempted to because I'm just curious to know what I would do without um but I, yeah I don't know that's where I'm at right now with it all it's I'm very cynical unfortunately with it all right <laughs> now and I I still like social media in general I like the concept sure. of social media but I but it's just a weird place right now <laughs> <laughs> there is so much more that I want to cover um we're gonna have to have you back for round two of this yeah. because I I think this entire thing normally by this point I'm like I'm out of questions and like we roll on but all yeah. I did is like my list of questions doubled over this time yeah, uh, there's so much more I want to talk about like uh influencers yeah. versus like there's there's now like a new influencer market I guess or whatever oh like people God, are I could talk endlessly people are, are choosing less to go after the influencer that has a million followers and more oh, after yes, it, instead of paying instead of paying a bunch yeah get a bunch of people with like 900 to a thousand followers or 2,000 or 3,000 4,000 followers and yep and give them a little bit of store credit or whatever and get them to push your product so annoying. Um, it's yep yeah, I again yeah we'll, we'll have to talk about it I have We're, I have talked about this so much in my stories too <laughs> just like all of that and even like you know how a lot of brands are skeptical of working with influencers yeah and knowing the deep like dark sides of that I know so many girls who work it and know how to grow and it's all fake like yeah and brands pay them all so it's 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 again like something like that whole world is like something that's just tumultuous and just changing i don't think it's gonna stop right but yeah again a whole other podcast so much more god there's so <laughs> many more questions yes. we're gonna get into some much more light-hearted questions uh, a little more like we're gonna do like 10 10 ish rapid fire okay. questions yes. um a little, a little more lighthearted, but I swear, like half of these, I'm like, we're like, I, I know. you're gonna need to cancel I'll try to the rest just of your go day. Really fast. Yeah. This is gonna be like a 15 hour podcast. I know. <laughs> uh, first, first question is, would you ever actually take a full vacation away from tech? Would you oh, take yes. a month? Would you do like I let the, the Facebook post like for a hundred thousand dollars? Would you move to the mountains and give up your phone? I'm like, done. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would love that. I have, I haven't been able to. I've tried, <laughs> but I would try. Yes, I would love to do that. Uh, where, where would you go? Hmm. 
Ooh, I don't know. Uh, you like go to the mountains? Would you go to the Bahamas? And just, yeah, maybe like mountains or something. Like somewhere where I can just be fully absorbed in the environment. Like yeah. I've kind of enjoyed that more and more. Just being able to be outside and be fully present. I keep I moment. keep thinking that like when I get rid of my tech, I'm like, I'm going to grow a beer, get some flannel and an axe and like head for the Appalachian. Yes. I'm from upstate New York. So like I'm going to head home or whatever yeah. to where the trees are all red and orange right now. Yes. But in reality, what would actually happen is I'd probably move to like Cancun or the Bahamas and live like Kenny Chesney for like oh, a month cool. or whatever. Yeah, a month of that. And then, yeah. And then go do I just want to live on a beach with an unending, just a Corona that never runs yes. out kind of thing. I would love that. Uh, what is the worst movie ever made? Oh my god. What's your least favorite movie? I'm going to say. The ask least, that. oh man. Least favorite movie. I know everyone always asks, like, what's your favorite movie? I don't have movie? a favorite either. I don't know. I, I do have a favorite. Really? What's your favorite? I love Casino Royale, James oh, Bond, really? 2006. Oh, wow. That's to- totally random. I yeah. love that movie. I know it's not the greatest movie yeah. ever made. And yeah. Alan in the, the next room is just like, I love Citizen Kane. <laughs> and, like, it's the greatest movie ever made. Oh my god. And I'm like, for someone much more artistic, that's enjoyable. But like, I, I like James Bond, like yes. driving fast cars and being with beautiful women and shooting people. Yeah, it's like pretty I'm a very simple guy. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Now that I think about it, I think I like I have a genre that okay. I don't like. Like I I hate YouTuber movies. Like, okay. I feel like it's a complete like step in the wrong direction for them. Like they were doing something so cool. They're on the internet, like a whole new world. It's like when TV first came out. It's like yeah. holy shit, that was amazing. They're doing something that was like never done before. And then they take a step back and to go into Hollywood, which is completely mediated. And they like they have to act, which you know they're being themselves online. Yep. Like I I cringe at YouTube movies. Chase that short term so dollar. Enough. Yeah, exactly. It just feels so like just. Ah, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there were an item never to be made again, what would you stockpile? I guess. Oh my god. What would probably you stockpile? Food wise, like probably. A f- I'm not trying to think of like a f- food that I love. Oh my god, I love like just the pirate pop- booty popcorn. Really? Yeah, That's oh my awesome. god, it's like so good. I was that just thinking you'd be like, I would just again? stockpile like candy ams. Yeah, <laughs> or like or like the Tate's cookie chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Have you ever had those? Like mm-hmm. they're thin. I always need that at home. And if they told me they were going away, oh my God, I would buy out the whole thing. Just like, <laughs> yeah, keep it <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, let me see. What's your most craved food? Oh God, more food. Um, who I don't know. I feel like I go through different cravings. Um, I mean, I'm always a French fry kind of girl. I, I can always do a French fry, um, you know, crispier the better. Um, I think that's, yeah. Swinging into five guys. Yeah, definitely. I, honestly, I, f- I kind of like McDonald's French fries the best. What? I know I feel really bad. I hate McDonald's as a company, so I hate you know saying that. But secret like guilty pleasure. It's also like such an Indiana thing for me. Like yeah. when I when I drive home, it's like my thing where I always have to stop and get McDonald's because I never do that in Chicago. So it's like and it's just such a routine now. It's like, oh, get the French fries and then just keep driving. I feel like McDonald's, like, in the city, like, even when I worked, like, I used to walk past the Rock and Roll McDonald's every single day oh, when yeah. it was still there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, like, when Chicago does McDonald's, they do McDonald's. Yes. Like, it's a big thing. Yes. Like, it has to be on par with, like, the Rainforest Cafe across the because, street and because everything Because it's their else. headquarters, you know? For sure. They now have, like, an international... Oh, God, I hate talking about McDonald's. I want to, like, give them, like, more space. But <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, mo- we'll move on. Yes. It's not like, not like here where there's McDonald's on every corner. Literally, you can look at our back window and there's one behind <laughs> yeah. this house here. Yeah. Not that I haven't been McDonald's. I haven't been McDonald's in probably ten years. Oh, I think jealous. McDonald's. Unfortunately, Jimmy, the people at Jimmy John's know my face. Oh yeah, that's like, good too. Hey though. Matt, how's it going? How are the cats? <laughs> good, good. Uh, what appliance can you not live without? Um, appliance. Probably my stove. I don't know. Like I used to be a microwave kind of person, but then like 
my boyfriend and I like moved in together and he was like, why do you use my, you don't need to use a microwave for anything. You have the stove right here. It, you know, you can boil shit. You could put it in the oven. You don't need to use a stupid microwave. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. So, Counterpoint microwave, two minutes, oatmeal. I know. Uh, stove, half a, half a year before no, you No, it oatmeal. only takes a little bit. You put some salt in it. It, it like, takes like starts. a decade, no. man. I would still be, I don't oatmeal for what breakfast. What kind of stove do you have? <laughs> like, is it like you're like putting in some logs and like starting it up? Like, no. Uh, uh, let me see. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast. Uh, best thing to happen to you this year? Best thing that happened to me this year. Oh, man, I don't know. This has been a rough year, to be honest. Best thing. I think. Well, that's why you got focused on the best maybe thing. Maybe it's like the best thing was also the hardest thing, too. Like, I think the best thing for me was realizing that I'm ready for, like, some sort of change in my life. Like, kind of sucking it up and being like, all right, it's time um, to, like, realize that I'm very comfortable in what I do and in my career and stuff and that I'm ready for a new challenge. So good thing, very hard thing. That's a good thing. That's very motivational. Yeah, We're I like, guess. this is, it takes a lot of self-awareness. It. <laughs> it takes a lot of self-awareness to get to that point. Yeah, that definitely. like something needs to change and I'm not okay with the routine. Yeah. That's how, uh, that's how we were talking off air. Like that's how, that's how local two and I got started is Alan yeah. and I uh, both, both had that. And I think everyone here in the company has had that realization at some point. And that realization that time's always different for everyone. Yeah. So for me, it hit when I was like 28, 29 yeah. or whatever. And for some people it hits when they're 21, some people it's 18. So totally. Um, two more questions. Okay. Rapid fire. Uh, if you could master any skill, what would it be? Mm, master any like skill. Basket weaving. Dog sitting. It would sitting. probably be something more like, like, I don't know. Shit, I don't know. Cat training. Cat training. <laughs> I don't know. Try and, te- try and teach cooker. my cat I would love five. to be a better chef. Like, you want to master, master being a chef? Yeah, like, I really love, like, watching those food shows, and I... I love cooking, but I always follow the recipe and I would love to be more of like an, an improv kind of girl who like, or like just know the basics of that kind of stuff. That's something I would love to learn more about, but I just haven't yet. So can we confirm that you're gonna dye your hair blonde, spike it like Guy Fieri? Yes, definitely. That's my, that's my next move, everybody. <laughs> you start using, start using the yeah. word flavor town a lot yeah, more? Yeah, yeah, for sure, that'd be fun. <laughs> I love diners. Diners, uh, drive-ins and dives is like my guilty guiltiest pleasure. pleasure. Yes. And uh, yes. my wife and I gave up cable this last weekend. We've had it for a couple oh. of years. Um, realized like why do we have this? I know, uh, stupid. Got rid of it, and I was so sad because I was losing triple D. And then I found it's on Netflix yes. or whatever, and I'm like, the world's okay again. It's back. Like, yeah, we're it's fine. back. <laughs> like you thought you could take that rabbit hole away from no. me. Um, let me see. All right, last question. This is a techie question. How do you feel about autonomous cars? I'm okay, kind of with them. Like I think it's very interesting that we're going. That. I think it's gonna be safer. Um, I'm there. I do, I want to try one. I kind of feel like weird that I haven't tried one yet. Um, but I love driving. Like I yeah. love driving on like an open road. So like I want to be able to like still be able to drive if I want to. Like I think in the future it's gonna be all autonomous and we'll have courses for like old people who want to drive because we're gonna be old and it's yeah. gonna be like an old person thing. Like it'll be like my grandma. My grandma wants to drive. Like she's so she's so risky. Like why is she doing that? Right. Like she doesn't need to. Dri- grandma wants to drive and it's like okay, I go out to like the race course and I'm driving around just for the feeling of it. Yeah. So I'm I'm into it. I just I just you know we're gonna be that last generation that like likes to drive you're like back in my day before yeah. before elon musk took over the world yeah i was just like rolling in the country we actually side. had to turn that damn steering wheel yeah actually had to press that pedal you yes. know what's like trying to get a car to, to start on a, a cold window. morning <laughs> <laughs> oh man this has been one of my favorite podcasts ever Do you um, say that to everyone <laughs> each podcast gets better and better <laughs> 
Each podcast gets setting better and better. New standards. I'm setting new standards. Okay. This one, this one for real, because normally it's kind of like a like a surface level look at like how someone built their followers. Yeah. And I feel like we dived really deep into some I stuff today. I think it's because I'm also going through shit. I'm like, can someone tell me what's going on? Like, for sure. I'm asking questions too. Help me. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> uh, where can the world find you? At Anna Russett on Instagram, YouTube, um, Twitter. I'm on Snapchat. I'm a banana potatoes, spelt wrong without the E on Snapchat, but I don't really use it anymore, unfortunately. I still love the app, whatever. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's all where I'm at right now. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You can find us across the board at local 209, L O C A L 209, except for my beloved Twitter. We didn't even talk about Twitter. God, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. <laughs> uh, we are at local <laughs> underscore 209. You can find me personally on the Instagram that I never use uh, at Matt Barber, M A T B A R B U R. Um, I posted today on Instagram for the first time in like three months. Oh my god! Congrats. I felt pumped. Yeah, like I like I said, I used to post like four times a, a day, me, which is kind of a long time. But I'm stories every day. Yeah, weirdly enough, I need to get back into doing stories too. Like I, I said, I just by the time I'm done posting for everyone else, I'm like I'm done. Like I don't want to look at Instagram anymore. No more schedules. Let's just all post whenever we want. Just whenever you want. Let's no, do that. No it's more. We'll free ourselves. We can. We'll chase. We'll fight the algorithm that yeah. says like it's best to post at four o'clock. So like the spike in post at four o'clock. No. Like I'm gonna post at three a.m. now. Then do it. Uh, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Uh, we are going to run out from there. Next week on Digital Fix is going to be Shannon, Shamrock, Rostin, and myself um, answering all of your questions. So if you have any questions about anything that you have heard uh, or anything social media wise, reach out, send those into us. I'll post something on Instagram as well too. Um, and with that, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe and tell your friends and grandparents. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye.